1: I've owned Books and Books and been a bookseller for over 35 years. What you're about to hear are conversations about all things literary with writers, readers, publishers, old friends, new friends, and anyone who might wander into our store with an interesting story to tell about their connection to books, reading, or writing. These will be informal, over-the-backyard-fence kind of conversations. The kind I and booksellers everywhere of each and every day. Welcome to the Literary Life. Each year for almost 40 years, when November rolls around, I get a kind of chill that goes up my spine because I know that the Miami Book Fair is right around the corner. And the Miami Book Fair is, I think, admittedly, I'm a bit um, biased, but to me, it's the premier literary event uh, of its kind in the country. Every year we host hundreds of writers here in downtown Miami, and we've been doing it, as I say, close to 40 years. And on this episode of The Literary Life, I am really thrilled to be joined by two people who've been the heart and soul of the Book Fair for many, many years. One is our program director, um, Lisette Mendez, and the other is someone that I have had a fondness for uh, as I have with Lisette, but someone who I've had a fondness for in so many different aspects of her life, and that is the brand new president of Miami-Dade College, Madeline Pumariega. So I want to welcome both of you, Lisette and Madeline, to The Literary Life.
0: Thank you so
2: much, Mitchell. Thanks, Mitchell. So great to be here with you.
1: Um, I first want to give a little bit of an overview of what the book fair actually is. So those of you who have never experienced it will know about it. So I thought Lisette could give a little bit of an update as to what we're doing at this year's Miami Book Fair, when it begins and how people can access.
0: Yeah, well, so, you know, this is the hybrid book fair that uh, we've all been waiting for since last year when you know, very suddenly, along with the rest of the world, we all had to quickly get online and navigate uh, a new a new landscape for the kinds of work that we do. As you said, Mitchell, we've been doing this. I, I've been very much a part of Book Fair almost for 40 years in one way or another. So we had been doing this big community event on the campus of Miami Dade College, all of these you know, 38 years, people would be, you know, coming downtown. And then uh, last year, we had to figure out how to bring that same spirit and content that Miami Book Fair is known for, not just in our community, but around the world, around the United States, definitely, how to bring it um, to, to the people... Who loved it. And so we went online, we created a a platform uh, that could stream on demand, a kind of Netflix for book events. And, you know, um, we got through the year and we had some really great conversations, um, you know, with not just the authors, uh, the authors in conversation that we had as part of the 2020 book fair, but we had a lot of great conversations with our community, um, not just in Miami, but all over the country about how happy they were, that we have been able to turn it around and uh, provide a kind of you know, solace almost in in what was a, a little bit of that dark COVID winter, even though it wasn't as dark in South Florida because we get sunshine all year round. People felt a little dark because they were shut in. So, you know, when this 2021 dawned and we saw that we were going to, you know, um, be able to come back. Uh, downtown slowly but surely it became clear that whether it was vaccinations or max you know masking up or people eating healthier so they could withstand uh, whatever went you know came their way uh, that we would be able to get back downtown we were really happy to do that and so um, in partnership with the publishers that we work with every year um, with the authors that we work with every year we were able to quickly gauge who felt comfortable enough. Um, being back um, to an event that really draws tens of thousands of people um, to, you know, in person. And and some of them, some of those authors were were very comfortable doing that. And so they're back and we're back in person um, on the Wolfson campus. And the ones that weren't quite comfortable. And also one thing that we did discover that I discovered last year is that, um, you know, there's so many, not just authors, but Um, amazing nationally recognized interviewers and moderators, media people, journalists, um, and other writers who might not have been able to travel, um, but they could do online and and be the interviewers for authors um, and bring out new new insights uh, to the conversation um, that maybe we wouldn't have been able to have on campus. And also there, there was an, inti- an an intimacy that, that's created, I think, you know, when you have just two people talking to each other, they forget that an audience is going to be watching them. You know, they forget that there's other people um, in the room, you know. So the conversation becomes really intense and really interesting that way. So the fair
1: starts when?
0: The fair starts on, um, on Sunday, uh, November 14th, just a couple of days away and we're and we, opening
1: we have we have a more tolls that night yeah and we do programs in spanish programs in creole programs in english we have all kinds of things that are kicking off that sunday correct
0: yeah on campus we have programs in spanish and we have Amor Toles, a more tolls great novelists that uh, we're both big fans of and um, and then we have our events online on miamibookforonline.com, which is that platform I talked about. And those also begin on, on the 14th. And, and that's where we have uh, programs for children this year, um, as well as the programs in Creole that you're talking about. And the rest of our programs in Spanish there as well, along other...
1: And I, and then starting on the weekend, we have the street fair. Well, and the street fair is where that starts on... On Friday, where people can come and wander among booths, pick out books that they like, browse, and we also have authors that weekend, right?
0: Yeah, and leading up to the book fair, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday, you know, Friday on campus every night, um, we have authors presenting nonfiction, fiction, and those are being streamed, live streamed. through our website. So that website dot com, includes the on-demand programming um, of authors who couldn't make it in person, but also all the live streams from the events that are happening on campus, uh, you know, Sunday through the end.
1: And I have to tell you, I want to, I'm very proud of what you and your team have done in terms of uh, even though we're operating at about a third fewer, two thirds fewer in-person authors, the variety of the authors have been is absolutely remarkable. I know we have a, a program with Danteel Moniz and Ophelia, which will be on Friday night. And then we have another program with Alan Cumming the next day. So there's a variety of all kinds of things going on. But I, I wanted to flip over to, to Madeline for a minute. And Madeline, I always use, I, I, and, and I say this, and I hope it doesn't embarrass you too much, but I always say that I watched you grow up during the Miami book fair, right? I mean, that's kind of what, and I am so proud of the fact that you are now the president of the entire college. And so many people from out of Miami are not really aware of the fact that Miami Dade college is like the biggest college in the country, just about when you look at it in terms of campuses and, uh, and enrollment. So would you talk a little bit about what the book fair means to you and what also, Miami Dade College is all about.
2: Oh, Mitchell, it's great to, to be with you. And, and you did. You get to say you saw me grow up um, during the, the book fair because you know at Miami Dade College, really, your vision of Books by the Bay uh, almost 38 years ago was to bring people together to celebrate books. And the campus is this place where we bring people together in downtown Miami. Uh, to celebrate education and the power of education, which literary arts is so important. And I think about Miami-Dade College not only being the economic engine of our community, but really the cultural engine of our community. It's easy now because Miami has matured and has lots of wonderful arts and festivals. But it started really, if you think about it, you know, the book fair and um, becoming what I love to say, you know, the world's literary largest event, and makes Miami smart for seven amazing days. And at the college, employees volunteer for the book fair, right? Lissette goes out, and she asks people to volunteer, and I was no different. I had, um, I was a student at the South Campus, and then I had returned back. I was an academic advisor, and I just got a promotion to the dean's office at the Wolfson campus. And I was asked to be the chair of the logistics committee of Miami Book Fair International. And I said at the time, the dean for administration was Christina Mateo and the executive director was Alina enterian What exactly is logistics? It's <laughs> everything. Oh, okay, no problem, should be easy enough. And I fell in love. I, I fell in love with the team. Um, Mitch, with you, with every of the energy of the book fair and of the community. And for, I think, Lisette, right, like 15 years, no matter what job I went on to get at the college, whether I was a dean or a campus president, I was always the chair of the logistics team. And (laughs) we met Friday afternoons and our job was to make magic happen. Um, You all had to dream up the author's and we had to make it all come together, the uh, logistics team with a group of volunteers and had uh, a lot of fun uh, doing so.
1: Well, you know, my, my memory is always of that panic right after a big, huge event when there'd be like 800 people in the auditorium, in, in Chapman Hall, and they'd all be surging toward the stage to get a book signed. But there you would be, Madeline, with that smile on your face. It's showing me that you had it covered, right? Uh, you know, without a, without any kind of worry. All of a sudden, you know, the uh, stanchions would come out and it was covered. That's what we're talking. Going back many, many, many years. I mean, none of us are old enough to really have experienced as much as we've experienced, right? But um, you know, knowing that um, you know both of you were kids at the beginning of this book fair, and then. You know what you've both been doing now is just so kind of remarkable, and you're absolutely right, Madeline. The, the the fair is completely in line with the mission of the college. I remember when I got that first call from uh, now retired Dr. Eduardo Padron, who was one of the co-founders, and he said, "You know, come on down. Uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do this fair thing." And you're right. Nothing was happening downtown. Nothing was going on. Uh, people were almost afraid to go downtown and then to stand there now and watch thousands of kids coming through and all of that. And I know that you, Lisette, were a young kid when you first started coming, right?
0: I started coming when I was in high school. And I, I didn't miss a book fair, um, you know, in all those years when I was in high school, it was actually, you know, people think of Christmas as like the best holiday for me. It was always book fair weekend was the best holiday. And I would just come and, and spend all my day walking around. I would block out my calendar. I wouldn't even bring friends, so they wouldn't interrupt me. And I was, you know, 16 and 17 and 18. And I clearly remember one of, you know, going through the booths and, and getting into a fight. Um, you know as you know and madeline knows and um you know people in, in the community know i came from cuba on a boat when i was 8 years old i didn't know how to speak english and um you know so books were really the the way that i i became um uh, you know an american right uh, the cultural the the language and i clearly remember getting into a fight on the street with a vendor that that sold um, that was from like the Communist Party newspaper that no longer exists in South Florida The work, something. I can't remember what it was. And, and to me, that was a defining experience of, you know, of my teenage years in many, many ways, because I was able to come to this place. I was able to have these arguments with these, uh, you know, with these writers, whether they were on the street. And when I went into the rooms, which is what I still love today, what's so important to me, about having this person, this in-person fair again, it's like I could stand in the back of the room and ask questions, I could answer, I could write back, I could discover books that I wouldn't have otherwise ever discovered. I mean, I came to Miami Dade College, you know, like our president, our, you know, our, our Miami Dade College president um, who's on the call with us. You know, I, I got my education here and I, and I and it wasn't just the education I got in the classroom, but part of my education was definitely um, what I got um, at the at the book fair, and you know, many years later, I was lucky enough to come work um, with with our former um, director, Alina Cheyang.
1: Do you have any uh, any memories? Who are some of the early authors that you remember? Oh,
0: my God. Um, you know, definitely Toni Morrison. You know, um, she has always, you know, meeting her and being here and seeing her and, and hearing her speak um, after Beloved. Um, you know, that was a that was a defining experience for me. Anne Rice. I know we're going from the high literary to kind of, you know, pop culture literary. But seeing Anne Rice, before we had all these, halls um all or, or these auditoria here on campus um i know our our college president remembers we were we used to have to go use the church that was across the street you know to be able to fit all the people
1: oh do you remember do you remember how we got in trouble with the church we that got it. <laughs> time? It was a baptist church and some of the deacons of the church had been to the ann rice event and if you ever were at some of those early interviews with the vampire Ann rice events people came dressed up as vampires and all of that Madeline, do do you remember what happened with the church? I think they wouldn't let us use it without they wanted prior, what was it? They wanted to be able to read what the author was going to say prior to the author coming.
2: I got to tell you, that was like my first year was that Anne Rice or second year. And I thought, Oh my God, (laughs) this is like insane. And it literally prepared me for then Barack Obama. You think about it, George Bush, um, Elie Vassell, Stephen King, uh, so many that have come uh, onto the college campus and, and just, I think the, the, the passion and the love for books, like Lisette says, you know, she wouldn't even come with friends. She just wanted to listen, and we and, and I saw that in fairgoers, and still see it, you know. And um, yeah, that was that was funny. We were scrambling there, saying, "Yeah, no, that's like a whole nother form of censorship," and we kind of really don't. We just want a venue. You can't really tell us uh, who we're going to bring into the venue. So those were some sticky days.
1: You know, we had, I think there were over 2,000 people who came out for that event, I believe. Uh, and you know, what's really interesting for me is that just a few years before, before she got as popular as she was, I'll never forget that we had Pat Conroy and Ann Rice scheduled for the book fair. And I was worried that neither of them would draw a crowd on their own. So I put them together and we had Ann Rice and Pat Conroy. This was in the, it was, and, and the two books that they were promoting one was Prince of Tides, and the other was Interview with a Vampire. So after that, you know, Katie barred the door. I mean, they would always draw these gigantic crowds. I often think of the authors we haven't had, which are very few. But the very first year, we actually had a confirmation that Borges was going to come. We actually had, and by, in those days, it was, um, they were like telegrams. <laughs> you know, there was no internet <laughs> There were no emails, there was a telegram that Senor Borges would be happy to come to the book fair. We booked a flight, he was supposed to come over and on that flight, there was no Borges when he was supposed to come. And in those days, it wasn't so easy to track someone down, right? So we tracked him down and and he was and there was a stopover in New York before he came to Miami, but he was, he was not feeling so well. So he got off in New York and he went to this bookstore called the Gotham Book Mart. And he used to go there because he was blind. And one of the booksellers they would read to him. So this bookseller read to him while he was there. And we finally tracked him down there. And we got a, a message back saying, no, he's just too tired and too weak to come to Miami. So that was one that got away. But you know, just, just that he was almost there just was such a such a thrilling thing. But who did come that year was James Baldwin. So James Baldwin actually made it. So, you know, when you start thinking of the history of this, this thing, it's a, it's a kind of cultural history uh, as well. And the fact that this happened in Miami was even more miraculous, right? Because what did my, this was even before Miami Vice. This is when nobody even thought of Miami as anything really. Um, So Madeline, I think you're absolutely right. I think all of the growth in Miami is absolutely due to the Miami Book Fair. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> so. <laughs> so. I, I'm sure it the mayor be- would have a couple of things to say about that, but, you know, last night when we were at the History of Miami because we, uh, for the first time, did a kind of history timeline of Miami-Dade College, and the exhibit started with arts and culture, and it started with that first uh, picture of the books by the bay, and um, is part of the important historic milestones of the college. You when the college started in 1960, end of 1959, 1960, we were the first college in 62 uh, to, to um, have black and white students in one classroom. Um, then still the country um, had students separated by color. And so I just think of the history of Miami and Miami Dade College and Miami Book Fair and what we've been the first of and witnessed as our community's really grown into this world-class city it is today.
1: Beautifully said. I mean, to me, Miami Dade College is, and 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 I think Lisette is a perfect example, where you can be a student that comes and you can end up doing anything, right? You can be an immigrant student. Uh, talk about how that works and some of the programs like the honors college that you have and that sort of thing. <laughs>
2: So, you know, last night, again, we were at the at the history of Miami and everyone was talking about their story, um, how they came to Miami Dade College. And, you know, some came and it was Miami Dade. It was Dade Junior College. Then others came and it was Miami Dade Community College and others. it was Miami Dade College. But it's been this place where you come in and it's a beacon of hope, whether you recently arrived from a boat like Lisette talked about in her personal life. Whether you were my mom and you were processed by the Freedom Tower and then came back and learned English at then Miami Day Junior College. Um, I just found a, a card. My mom passed about a year ago. and We were going through her things and I found a card from Dade Junior College. She got a certificate in early childhood education and it was signed by Carrie Meek who was then the director of education programs not a congresswoman but that's that I share that because it's really the heart of of Miami Dade College whether you are a brilliant student graduating from high school and you come to our honors college whether you are a single mom that wants to finish their degree and you come back into one of our rapid response credential programs or whether you're like me a girl from Hialeah who graduated high school Leah High and came to the college then to play basketball. And uh, to be able to come back now as the first female president of the college um, speaks about the, the core values of this college, the foundation of this college from the Wolfson family and Colonel Wolfson having a vision that Miami needed a open door college that could help anyone and everyone um, be able to achieve their, their goals and achieve the American dream through the power of education. And I think that that's, um, I can't think of Miami without Miami-Dade College. And I can't think really that Miami would have not excelled as a pretty young city as fast as it did if we didn't bring the authors that year after year, three, 400 authors coming through here, sometimes first time coming to Miami and just marveled at our city. Um, and I think you certainly have played a, a major role in the history of Miami and the history of Miami Dade College and the Book Fair.
1: Well, it's really, it's so cool, you know, because as a native of Miami, as someone who grew up here, to know that there's a through line that links and serves the diversity that is Miami. Because the one thing that, that makes Miami unique from any other American city is its incredible diversity, whether it's the Haitian community, the African-American community, the Cuban community, now the Venezuelan community, the Nicaraguan community, the Caribbean community. I mean, this, we are we are kind of a microcosm of America. And the fact that the college, it's the college that has been the engine to make something happen like the Miami book fair because it would not happen. But, but for the college uh, speaks volumes for the culture that had been developed at Miami Dade college. And, and uh, it just, it's, it's kind of remarkable when I think about it because, you know, as a young person here, I grew up with everyone telling me, Oh, you're from Miami. Nothing really serious happens in Miami, you know? And so when we could put this book fair on, and people in New York as a young bookseller, I would ask for an author and they would go, well, we have this this new non-prescription drug book out and we'll be happy to send that author. I go, no, 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 you don't understand. You know, people here in Miami, they read Susan Sontag, Mario Vargas Llosa, you know, Carlos Fuentes, uh, you know, James Laughlin, they read all these folks. So we want those guys. So, and then when those guys came down and audiences came, it felt so good to know that you know, you build it and they will come. And then to to have both of you now, along with the other folks, you know, like Delia and everyone else who run the book fair make it happen and keep it going, it's gonna live for another 50 years, you know, as long as global warming doesn't get us. But Madeline, I have to ask you a question. One of my one of my favorite kind of ironic memories is. And I don't know if you were there or not, but we had Leo Buscaglia, who was known as, were you there for that? He was known as the love doctor. Nobody really remembers him anymore, but he wrote all of these self-help books on love. And I think the only riot we've ever had at the Miami Book Fair was when, when people were trying to get in to see the love doctor. And we didn't have space for them. And there were fists that were thrown I think, you know, I'll
2: tell you who also, when we had Zoe Valdez for the first time, do you remember Zoe? Yeah, that was that was insane. I, I mean, the passion to get in that room and we were trying to make sure we put speakers so you could still hear her. And I said to people, don't worry when she starts to sign, we'll we'll get you in. Just make the line, you know, and they were like, no, I have to get in there. And it was just like. Okay, who is this woman? <laughs> um, and I remember, boy, when we had Ellie by cell, I was. I was pregnant with Alyssa, <laughs> yay pregnant, and the doors closed, and just the passion was that. Remember, we were standing there, and it, I mean, people were just like, you have to let me in. I was like, yeah, we can't. <laughs> you know, and the fire marshal is standing right there next to us, you know, and saying, I think you have enough
0: people in that room. <laughs> I mean, that also happened for Orhan Pamuk. I remember Orhan Pamuk being in Chapman, and all of us standing outside and people, they were gonna just run us over. Isabella Yende caused a couple of, you know, riots as well um, outside the venues. I mean, I think over the years, we've had um, quite the time sneaking people in, um, you know, I hope the fire marshal is not listening. But, uh, you know, I I think it speaks volumes of, of the, you know, of how much civic engagement that we have been able able to in, in, engender in the community, you know, not just um, Book Fair, but also Miami Dade College. I think of it as the great equalizer. Um, you know, I, I have to write intros and speeches and things like that sometimes, uh, you know, for people who go up and do introductions. And, um, you know, I always think of everything we do, as you said, Mitchell, being so completely aligned with what the college's mission is. And that's really what drew me here. You know, I, I wanted, to be part of this organization since the first day that I walked in, you know, as a 16, 17 year old, I just had no idea that I would ever get to do that. It seemed like the, the you know, sort of the, the the shiny house on the hill, you know, was Miami Book Fair in terms of what I wanted to do with my life. And, you know, Miami Dade College, you know, and the cultural programs here, you know, as, as Madeline was saying last night, you know, that exhibit opened with the cultural programs and it wasn't, you know, and book fair was definitely a part of that, but there were also this was the first place I went to a, a gallery, you know, with, with, um, you know, contemporary art, I saw Anna Mendieta um, in an exhibit, the first time I ever knew who Anna Mendieta was, was in an exhibit here in Wilson campus in building one center gallery, um, you know, there's so many other authors, uh, Basquiat, you know, the first time I saw, I even knew or found out who Basquiat was, was in the eighties, was right here at Miami-Dade College in, this, in the center gallery. And I could, you know, name other authors, um, other, you know, artists like that, because, you know, the the book festival and the books that we, you know, that, that we have and the conversations that we have, they don't exist in a vacuum. You know, there's a whole other cultural, Um, you know, I don't even know what to call it. Ecosystem is the word these days, right? Of, you know, the things feeding to each other in that way. And yes, now we have the Perez Museum, which is a world-class museum. And we have, you know, other kinds of institutions, the Arsh that brings, you know, concerts and and it's a performing arts venue. But before those things were here, um, Miami-Dade College was here and that's where those things would happen. And I think we always have to remember that. And I don't want to discount that, that Miami had a rich cultural history, as as we were saying a little while ago, Madeline was pointing out that Miami Dade College was the first place for white students and black students to sit together in a classroom because you know in the years before that that there was a very rich a black cultural. Um, output or, or activity going on, but it was segregated in, in a place like you know, in Miami, it's called overtown. it was it's a, it's a part of our city. There was a real rich um, Jewish cultural um, world happening, but it was segregated in its own world, you know, Miami Beach mostly, right? You know I think if I wanted to make sure everybody who's listening to this, you know, we still have, you know we still have the opportunity to participate in this, in the dialogue that occurs here, the cultural dialogue, it moves, you know, even if we can't agree um, as often, you know, as we would all want to agree on the values that our society, you know, espouses, that Miami-Dade College espouses. Sometimes there's there's a little bit of that, you know, we have to argue amongst ourselves or with each other in order to get to the truth that everybody knows. It's like freedom of expression, freedom of assembly, freedom of, you know, the pursuit of happiness. And I think, you know, that dialogue can definitely uh, should be happening at Miami Book Fair um, in Miami, but also at all the other book festivals around the country. And, you know, I want everybody to come (laughs) online or in person.
1: I hope what everyone out there is getting is that one of these years, you need to make reservations to make sure that you come. And in November put Miami on your vacation schedule to come for the Miami Book Fair. It is so rich. And, you know, uh, the these two women that I have on now who I care so deeply for, have done so much for this city and for me personally, and for all readers and every literary uh, person really around the country, um, that I just can't thank you enough for, you know, just all that you do. And I'm really excited to be you know, this year, uh, we're kicking it off in just a few days. And I always have my PTSD where all these memories start flowing through my brain, coming through and I mean, even now, I wrote a few things down. And, you know, I remember, you know, Hunter Thompson, and V.S. Naipaul and Isaac Singer. And, you know, how about the young authors that grew up in Miami, people like Edwidge Danticat and Carl Hyasson, Dave Barry and the rock bottom remainders. We could go on and on and on and on like this. It's so rich. And I can't thank you uh, both of you enough for making this, um, making this happen. So I'm going to just leave it with one last comment from each of you. If there's anything you want to
2: say. Thank you. I think gratitude, right? Um, Mitchell, you, you have been just what a champion you've been for Miami, for Miami Dade college, for the book fair, for all of us, I wanna say thank you and to our team, Lisette, um, Dahlia and everybody on the team that's working so hard uh, to make the fair become a reality uh, this year and to do it in a hybrid way, you know, where it's gonna reach so many people because they'll be apart virtually and uh, we're so excited that it'll be right here in person back on campus. and um, And we'll welcome everyone back to the college from our community and um, open the door. You know, I think our love of books is that you almost can leave your reality for the time that you just fall in love with a book. And um, we get to do that and hear what inspires an author to write. And I I think even when we had Stephen King and listening to him, and I love. What Lissette said, you know, um, we love this virtual thing, but there's nothing like two people getting lost in the questions on stage on what what inspired and why the book came about, and really hearing the backstories of the book. Um, that really, I think, is what makes the memory happen. So, um, really, so grateful for everyone who puts this together, and so grateful for the team at the college and. And um, I can't wait to to be on the streets the next week and and see people and and visit with people. Yeah. Thank
1: you, Madeline. Thank for thank you for leading this college. So we're also very proud of you.
0: I always say that I stand on the shoulder of giants, you know, and I do. I mean. Um, not just Mitchell, but other uh, others that have come before me, Alina Terian, who was our director um, until her retirement and taught me, you know, if Mitchell taught me half of everything I know, it's because Alina taught me the other half of everything I know. Um, You know, Penny uh, Thur, who uh, also retired and taught me a lot of what I know about uh, what we do here at Book Fair. But, you know, Miami Book Fair team is my family. You know, we've been a family for a long time, Miami-Dade College uh, folks that I've been working with for 20 years now, they're my family. And, you know, um, I have to say that nothing made me happier um, in the in the 20 years that I've been at Miami-Dade College than, um, than f- learning that Madeline Pumariega was gonna be our president. And I know this is gonna sound like a, like, you know, like it's not true, but if you know me, you know, I always speak the truth because I saw her carrying stages from you know from one part of book fair to another i saw her taking down tents and putting up tents so i saw her do just about every dirty ugly job that goes into putting on an event of this kind and i know that if she was able to do that she can take this institution into the it, deep into the 21st century and make it even more successful than it's ever been and by extension that makes the Miami Book Fair more successful than it's ever been. It's make it's gonna make our city even more successful than it's been, and it's gonna allow a whole new generation of students, my children who are teenagers, you know, to get to where they want to be in their life because that's happened before, and I know that, um, and I know that is going to continue to happen, and I'm just grateful that I get to do it alongside the best team in in the world. Period.
1: Well, to build on that, and that's beautifully said, Lissette, and the idea of, of standing on on shoulders, I uh, I said it earlier. And when I got that call from uh, Dr. Eduardo Padron, who, you know, was a, a mentor to me, um, that led a straight line and changed my life. And I think it's helped change the life of the city. And, and you're right, having Madeline carrying on the torch and, you know, as I said, you know, I feel really good that the the twenty first century in Miami-dade College, uh, it's gonna look very good for Miami. And uh, I thank you both. Remind us, Lisette of when it uh, the dates and the and the websites.
0: Yeah, so we open on November fourteenth with a more tolls and we go every night of the week all the way through uh, Friday, November nineteenth uh, with evening events. and then, uh, all weekend long on the 20th and the 21st uh, authors back to back in different uh, venues within the Wilson campus live music on the street our children's alley beloved by gener- by more than one generation of children at this point. Um, that's going to be going on as well with activities for kids and then same thing, Uh, MiamiBookFairOnline.com is actually open already, uh, but the programs uh, will be available for streaming starting uh, Sunday, November 14th, and will be open way after the fair. So um, anybody who wants to watch um, on MiamiBookFairOnline.com, it's not just one week. It starts November 14th, and they have a whole year to enjoy.
1: Lisette Mendez, President Madeline Pumariega, thank you both for being on The Literary Life.